going to ask you to turn in your Bibles to Daniel chapter 11. And I really do mean turning your Bibles to Daniel chapter 11, unless you're one of those who just has to turn on your Bible to Daniel chapter 11. That's fine. But if you do not have a Bible with you, I'm going to encourage you to grab the one in front of you. Um, I'm going to say a few words about the passage of Scripture today as we go, but we're basically going to read through the passage. We're going to read Daniel 11 and Daniel 12. I'm just going to make some comments as I go today. Um, I was really struggling through what to say as Daniel chapter 11 and Daniel 12 because it's kind of just a recap of the rest of the book in a lot of ways. We've covered a lot of this already. You're going to hear things that you've already heard as we've gone through Daniel. You're going to hear things from other visions in Daniel 11 and Daniel 12. You're going to hear realities that you've already heard. And as the Son of God who showed up in Daniel chapter 10 to talk to Daniel, which, reminder, that's a really cool prayer meeting, right? We've had a couple of cool prayer meetings that have happened in Daniel. One, Daniel's praying and like Gabriel shows up, right? That's pretty good. Gets better the next time because Daniel's praying and Jesus shows up. So I, I just want to remind we may want to change the way we're praying. Just a thought. There may be some things we need to learn about prayer from Daniel. Um, and as we as we're praying, this is a guy remember who prayed three times a day as was his custom. In fact, he was, uh, I believe, nearly killed were it not for the intervening hand of a powerful God because he was praying three times a day. And so let's be reminded of that. This is a man of prayer. But in the visions that we've seen, we've seen that there are things that are going to happen to the people of God. Daniel is troubled by the fact that as he's reading in Jeremiah, he, he reads that it's this time to go back to the land and go back to the city and for the temple and the city to be rebuilt. But God's people seem no different than they were before. There's still sin involved. They're, they're not changed. They're not transformed. It seems that this time away in exile hasn't made them holier. And God's word to Daniel is that the 70 years was only a portion of the time of being made holy, that God's people were going to continue to be refined by tribulation and trial. That these trials and tribulations, these evil kings would continue to come and these evil invaders would continue to come until ultimately the King of Kings and Lord of Lords would come. And he would set an end to it. And so as we read through Daniel 11 and 12, you're going to see a lot of this imagery. You're going to see imagery of Greece and Persia. You're going to see imagery of Antiochus Epiphanes who came in and slaughtered a pig on the altar and set up false worship in the holy place. You're going to see these things again in, these, in this chapter. But, but I want you to draw your attention to the one who's speaking. And I want to draw your attention to the promises that are given in the middle of all of this to remind us that our God not only knows the big story, he knows the bigger story. He has the big picture, but he has the even bigger picture in mind because he knows what's going on and he knows how it's going to end. But he's also intimately involved in every detail. So if you would, I'm going to encourage you to follow along. In fact, I'm going to ask you that when I'm reading from the Bible, that you be looking at the Bible. Okay? Don't look at me as I read the Bible. Read the Bible for yourself. See it for yourself. Okay? So be looking down. I'll tell you when you can look up. How about that? You'll, you'll know because the words won't match what's on the page. Okay? You got it? So, so let's go to chapter 11, beginning with verse 1. And you know in chapter 10, the Son of God, the second person in the Trinity, the pre-incarnate Jesus. He hasn't been born yet, but he is and was and is to come. So he always has been. He's been in the beginning with the Father, and now he shows up in bodily form to talk to Daniel. And in chapter 11, he continues to talk, and he reminds him 
As for me, in the first year of Darius the Mede, I stood up to confirm and strengthen him. Not Darius, but to confirm and strengthen Michael, who he's been speaking of in the chapter before. Okay, He's stood up to confirm Michael, the archangel, who is fighting on behalf of the people of God. So the Son of God is fighting on our behalf. We learned that in chapter 10. He is on our side as the people of God. We just read it, or we just sang it together. He is for us. Who could be against us? And so he stands up to strengthen Michael. And he says, now I will show you the truth. Behold, three more kings shall arise in Persia. And a fourth shall be far richer than all of them. And when he has become strong through his riches, he shall stir up all against the kingdom of Greece. So this is all stuff that has already happened in our perspective. Looking back, all of this stuff has happened. Persia, Greece, all of this is past tense for us, future tense for Daniel. Okay, everybody with me? Future tense for Daniel, past tense for us. Then a mighty king shall arise, who shall rule with great dominion and do as he wills. And as soon as he is arisen, his kingdom shall be broken and divided toward the four winds of heaven. But not to his posterity, nor according to the authority with which he ruled, for his kingdom shall be plucked up and go to others besides these. Then the king of the south shall be strong, but one of his princes shall be stronger than he and shall rule. And his authority shall be a great authority. And after some years, they shall make an alliance. And the daughter of the king of the south shall come to the king of the north to make an agreement. But she shall not retain the strength of her arm, and he and his arm shall not endure. But she shall be given up, and her attendants, he who fathered her, and he who supported her in these times. And from a branch from her roots, one shall arise in his place. He shall come against the army and enter the fortress of the king of the north. And he shall deal with them and shall prevail. She shall also carry off to Egypt their gods with their metal images, and their precious vessels of silver and gold, and for some years he shall refrain from attacking the king of the north. Then the latter shall come into the realm of the king of the south, but shall return to his own land. His son shall wage war and assemble a multitude of great forces, which shall keep coming and overflow and pass through, and again shall carry the war as far as his fortress. Then the king of the south, moved with rage, shall come out and fight against the king of the north. And he shall raise a great multitude, and it shall be given into his hand. And when the multitude is taken away, his heart shall be exalted, and he shall cast down tens of thousands, but he shall not prevail. For the king of the north shall again raise a multitude greater than the first. And after some years, he shall come out with a great army and abundant supplies. In those times, many shall rise against the king of the south. Then the violent among you, among your own people shall lift themselves up in order to fulfill the vision, but they shall fail. Then the king of the north shall come and throw up siege works and take a well-fortified city, and the forces of the south shall not stand, or even his best troops, for there shall be no strength to stand. But he who comes against him shall do as he wills, and none shall stand before him. And he shall stand in the glorious land with destruction in his hand. He shall set his face to come with the strength of his whole kingdom, and he shall bring terms of an agreement and perform them. He shall give him the daughter of women to destroy the kingdom, but it shall not stand or be to his advantage. Afterward, he shall turn his face to the coastlands, shall capture many of them, but a commander shall put an end to his insolence. Indeed, he shall turn his insolence back upon him. Then he shall turn his face back toward the fortress of his own land, but he shall stumble and fall and shall not be found. Let me just stop for just a second. There's a couple of things I want to point out as we get into this next section. Why, 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 why does the Son of God find it necessary to just regurgitate all this stuff? Daniel is old now, right? He's not going to see any of this happen. Daniel's at least 90 years old. He's not going to be seeing this happen. He's not going back to the land. 
Why, why is it necessary? Well, this word is not just for Daniel. This word is for the people of God who would go back to the land and who would suffer many things. See, they might think, now I'm back in the land, now everything's going to go okay. Now we're back under the favor of God and everything's going to be fine. It's much like Jesus saying to his followers, you're going to hear what? Wars and rumors of wars. And we all go, oh, wars and rumors of wars. I don't like the sound of that. And what does he say after that? Anybody know what he says after that? You're going to hear wars and rumors of wars, but what does he say? Don't be afraid. Brad's paraphrase, it has to happen this way. This is the design. There are many things like this that have to happen. This is the design. Why go through this list of kings? I mean, I think there's two things we can see. One, God has the big picture in mind always. He knows the big picture and he sees the big picture. The second thing would be, and he's intimately involved in every detail as well. This is so detailed that liberal scholars who don't hold that the Bible is perfect and errant, infallible, they would look at this and say, there's no way that this could have been written the time of Daniel. It would have to be written hundreds of years later because there's no way that this stuff could be known ahead of time. It would have to be written looking back because it's that detailed and that accurate. And this is God's word. We sang it earlier, right? How firm a foundation, ye saints of the Lord, is laid for your faith in his excellent word. We even sang it, Jesus loves me, this I know for the Bible tells me so. Right. So we stand on this word and this word is the son of God telling Daniel, you're going to hear of wars and rumors of wars. It's interesting how Jesus' message doesn't change, right? From from Daniel to his incarnational ministry on this earth. His message doesn't, you're going to hear of wars and rumors of wars, but fear not. This is the way it's got to be. The people of God are going to be under great trial and tribulation, but fear not. See, See this about these kings. This is what he's teaching. In the middle of all of this, what happens to each of these kings? Now, they rise to power, right? And one seems worse and more powerful than the one before, right? I mean, it seems to get worse and worse and worse and worse. Here comes a king and he rules this area. Here comes a king and he, he just takes over the whole world and then his kingdom is broken up and here comes this king and it fights this king. But what happens to every single one of them? They rise and they fall. They rise and they fall. They rise and they fall. But there's one king who's coming who will never fall. That's our king. So we may be tempted to trust other kings. But they will rise. They will fall. Look at the people of God. Even here in verse 14, there's going to be a king and people are going to rise against that king. The violent among you are going to rise against that king. We may even say, look, we've got to keep this kingdom. We've got to fight for this kingdom. What does God say will happen to those people? They will fail. As long as we're trying to hold on to this kingdom, we're going to fail. 
We're no, no different than the kings who will rise and fall as long as we're holding on to this kingdom. Failure awaits us. So I ask you, which kingdom are you placing your trust in? The good news here is that Jesus himself is saying the whole plan is in motion and I have the whole plan taken care of. To the point that every king, no matter how powerful they seem, will fall. Everyone. Every one of them will fall. There are kings in here, it says, that no one has the strength to stand in front of them. There are even kings in here, it says, he could do whatever he wanted. We learned of Nebuchadnezzar earlier in the book that God had given him authority to do whatever he wanted, to take lives of whoever he wanted, but he was going to be judged for those things. We saw that in his life. And there is a plan in place that is far bigger than we see right now. See, Daniel came from a culture that it started by having God at its center and it quickly moved away. I want to make something clear about our culture. We've never had God at our center. I want to make that really clear. We've always had us at our center. Always. That's the nature of humanity, is to have us at our center. Our culture has never had God at its center. From the moment that Adam and Eve took that fruit, everything became us-centered. We just keep getting further and further and further entrenched in us. Good news? He takes us out of that darkness, brings us into his marvelous light, and we get to make new culture. That's what the church is. That's what the people of God are. See, these violent ones who want to say, I've got to hold on to this world, it's not what we're talking about. We're the people of God, right? We are the people of God. If we're going to stand, we're going to stand firm for the things of God. I want to encourage you with that. We live in a culture of death. We can stand for life because God is the author of life. God is the author of life. But, but look what happens. I love this phrase. This kind of tells the whole thing. The whole story of these kings. Look at this next phrase, verse 20. Then shall arise what? What does your copy say? Then shall arise in his place. <laughs> I love that. So here's the guy who thought he had it all, right? I mean, he's powerful. He's a king. He's got the whole thing. People can't stand before him. Somebody takes his place. Someone else arises and takes his place. And he shall send an exactor of tribute for the glory of the kingdom. But within a few days he shall be broken, neither in anger nor in battle. But in his place, oh, check that out, shall arise a contemptible person to whom royal majesty has not been given. He shall come in without warning and obtain the kingdom by flatteries. Armies shall be utterly swept away before him and broken, even the prince of the covenant. From the time that an alliance is made with him, he shall act deceitfully. And he shall become strong with the small people. Without warning, he shall come into the richest parts of the province, and he shall do what neither his fathers nor his father's fathers have done, scattering among them plunder, spoiling goods. He shall devise plans against strongholds, but only for a time. Underline that. Only for a time. He shall stir up his power and his heart against the king of the south with a great army. The king of the south shall wage war with an exceedingly great army, great and mighty army, but he shall not stand for plots shall be devised against him. Even those who eat his food shall break him, that those who are closest to him shall break him. His army shall be swept away, and many shall fall down slain. 
And as for the two kings, their hearts shall be bent on doing evil. They shall speak lies at the same table, but to no avail. For the end is yet to be at the time appointed. Underline that, at the time appointed. And he shall return to his land with great wealth, but his heart shall be set against the holy covenant. And he shall work his will and return to his own land. In verse 29, underline this. At the time appointed, he shall return and come into the south, but it shall not be this time as it was before. For ships of Kittim shall come against him, and he shall be afraid and withdraw, and shall turn back and be enraged and take action against the holy covenant. He shall turn back and pay attention to those who forsake the holy covenant. Forces from him shall appear and profane the temple and fortress. This is looking back to that vision with Antiochus Epiphanes who sets up the abomination that makes desolate. He shall take away the regular burnt offering and they shall set up the abomination that makes desolate. He shall seduce with flattery those who violate the covenant. But the people who know their God shall stand firm and take action. Underline that. Those who know their God shall stand firm and take action. And the wise among the people shall make many understand, though for some days they shall stumble by sword and flame, by captivity and plunder. When they stumble, they shall receive a little help, and many shall join themselves to them with flattery. And some of the wise shall stumble, so that they may be refined, pured, and made white, purified and made white, until the time of the end, for it still awaits the appointed time. Underline that. Just in this one passage, you see it? At the time appointed. At the appointed time. There's an appointed time when all of this is going to happen. Not only does God know the plan, He has set the plan. No one else is appointing this time. God is appointing this time. This time is appointed. Jesus Himself said, only the Father knows. Right? Only the Father knows the day and the hour. That's, that's the way it works. There's a time appointed by God for all of this to happen. Take heart. Take heart, everyone. In a world that seems careening out of control, God has appointed a time. He's appointed a time. It's his to do. And look what he says. He says, this is what's going to happen. Things got so bad for the people of God that we know that the desolation, the abomination of desolation, there was a pig sacrificed on the altar of sacrifice. A pig. That sounds great to us, right? That's just like Baptist barbecue. That's all that is for us. But for them, it's, a, it's the desolation and the desecration of the place of God and the worship of God. What they had a hard time remembering, though, is they'd been doing that all along. They had been desecrating the place of God all along because it was the prophets who had said, you know, like, take away from me the noise of your assemblies. It's God who had said, I don't want your sacrifices. So they'd been doing this all along. It's just now they had a leader who was doing it. Their leader reflected their culture and the ones who knew God and knew their God had to stand firm and take action. I want you to see this. When they stood firm and they took action, things were not going to be easy for them. Look at what it says. It says that the wise among the people will make many understand. So they're going to go out and they're going to tell who God is. And as they do that, they're going to stumble by the sword and flame, by captivity and plunder. They're going to suffer for it. But look at it. When they stumble, they shall receive a little help. 
and many shall join themselves to them with flattery. So as they're suffering, other people are going to come along and say, we'll stand with you guys. You guys are pretty awesome. You guys are great, and they're going to start thinking a little too highly of themselves, and some are going to be taken away by that flattery. Not think that the suffering is going to be the pattern. Some of the wise shall stumble so that they may be refined and purified and made white. I ask you, if we're standing firm and taking action, if we look at our culture and we look at a culture of death and we look at the culture around us, are you just angry or are you taking action? Are you just sad or are you taking action? Because there's a big difference between anger and action, right? Anger without action is just insanity, right? Righteous anger leads you to action, but righteous anger also means that something happens to you. Not only do you take action, but look at what happens to those who stand firm and take action righteously with wisdom, understanding who God is. Look at what happens. All of the suffering that comes their way is going to refine them. It's going to purify them. It's going to make them white until the appointed time. So I ask you, are your actions making you pure? (laughs) Are your actions of wisdom and knowing who God is, your actions for the Lord, are they making you pure? Are they purifying you? Are they going through suffering and tribulation? Because according to what we're going to read next, it's only going to get worse. Things aren't going to get better. It's only going to get worse. But all of that is meant to purify us. We, we sang it a little while ago, didn't we? we? I chose these songs on purpose. I don't know if you noticed this, but I chose these songs on purpose. And we, we read it, or we sang it earlier. It says what? When through fiery trials they, thy pathway shall lie, my grace all sufficient shall be thy supply. The flame shall not hurt thee, I only design thy dross to consume and thy gold to refine. The dross is that as the, as the metal ore kind of seeds, the stuff that comes off top that has to be skimmed away. It's all the impurities. God's job, God's goal in the tribulations and the fiery trials is that all the impurities would be wiped away. So I ask you, in the middle of these trials, are you being made pure? The ones who are wise and take action will be made pure. And, and we continue, it says, And the king shall do as he wills. He shall exalt himself and magnify himself above every god and shall speak astonishing things against the god of gods. He shall prosper till the indignation is accomplished. For what is decreed shall be done. He shall pay no attention to the gods of his fathers or to the one beloved by women. He shall pay no attention to any other god, for he shall magnify himself above all. He shall honor the god of fortresses instead of these. A god whom his fathers did not know, he shall honor with gold and silver, with precious stones and costly gifts. He shall deal with the strongest fortresses with the help of a foreign god. Those who acknowledge him, he shall load with honor. He shall make them rulers over many and shall divide the land for a price. This ruler is going to think of himself as God. For the time of the end, the king of the south shall attack him. And remember, this is all stuff that has already happened, according to us. We can look back and see this in history. The turn is going to happen at chapter 12. At the time of the end, the king of the south shall attack him, but the king of the north shall rush upon him like a whirlwind with chariots and horsemen and with many ships. He shall come into countries and shall overflow and pass through. He shall come into the glorious land and tens of thousands shall fall, but these shall be delivered out of his hand. Edom and Moab and the main parts of the Ammonites. He shall stretch out his hand against the countries and the land of Egypt shall not escape. 
He shall become ruler of the treasures of gold and of silver and all the precious things of Egypt. And the Libyans and the Cushites shall follow in his train. But news from the east and the north shall alarm him. And he shall go out with great fury to destroy and devote many to destruction. And he shall pitch his palatial tents between the sea and the glorious holy mountain. Yet he shall come to his end with none to help him. Good news. Every king will fall. Even the most powerful and the most evil. Chapter 12. Now looking forward. We can now look forward from us. So we've been looking backwards. Daniel's looking forward the whole time. We've been looking backwards now. Now we turn and we start looking forwards. Because it's only going to get worse. The world's only going to get worse. It's not going to be this like magic turnaround where everything was really great. For, woohoo! Like tiptoeing through the tulips. This is awesome. No problems. Tribulation comes and it's only going to get worse to the point that it's going to be worse than it's ever been. And tribulation is coming. It says, At that time shall arise Michael, the great prince who has charge of your people, and there shall be a time of trouble such as never has been since there was the nation till that time. But at that time your people shall be delivered, everyone whose name shall be found written in the book. Amen. There shall be deliverance. And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt. Praise the Lord, the resurrection is going to happen. At the appointed time, Jesus is going to set this whole thing straight and all of that tribulation is going to come to an end. There's going to be a great resurrection. We need to just make sure our names are in the right book, right? So how do we do that? Well, we look back to the king who never falls. The king who has risen, who came and said, my kingdom is at hand. I have gospel, I have good news to proclaim to you. And he comes and he proclaims peace and he comes and proclaims peace with God and he gives his life on the cross for us and then he raises from the dead to secure our resurrection that is coming. So when we read of this resurrection coming, it is secured in the person of Jesus. When we read of this name written in the book, it is secured by the person and work of of Jesus. There is no hope in just understanding what numbers and that sort of thing mean. Our hope is found in Jesus. Our hope is found in the one speaking here. Our hope is found in the one who has set the whole plan in motion and knows the end game and has appointed the time. That's our hope. Don't place your hope in anything else. Don't place your hope in anything else. The wisdom that we're called to have here is to know who God is. Set your hearts and your minds on Him. Study the Scripture. Know God. You'll never dive to the depths of this book. But God continually reveals the depth of His love for you. You can know the depth of his love. You look at Jesus. How much does he love us? For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. You want to know the depth of God's love? Look at Jesus. You want to know the end game? Look at Jesus. You want to know the strength for every day? Look at Jesus. 
Some will awaken in this resurrection to life, everlasting life, and some to everlasting contempt. Have you placed your trust in the King who will never fall? It's the only way to have your name written in this book. Those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the sky above. Remember what the wise people are doing right now? They're standing firm and they're turning many people to the Lord. They're telling of His greatness. That's what the wise are doing. If we look back through chapter 11, the wise are standing firm and taking action and they're telling people, right? They're telling people of who God is. They're not just fighting. They're proclaiming the greatness of God over and against the greatness of these kings. That's what the wise will do. Those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the sky above, and those who turn many to and those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. But you, Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book until the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall increase. Then I, Daniel, looked, and behold, two others stood, one on this bank of the stream, and the other on that bank of the stream, and someone said to the man clothed in linen, someone said to the Son of God, who was above the waters of the stream. So now Jesus is hovering above the waters, right? And he raised his right hand and his left hand toward heaven and swore by him who lives forever that it would be for a time, times, and half a time. And that when the shattering of the power of the holy people comes to an end, all these things would be finished. What? Well, actually, that's Daniel's reaction too, right? He hears Jesus say this, and Daniel's reaction is, I don't understand. So he says, I heard, but I did not understand. Then I said, oh, my Lord, what shall be the outcome of these things? Here's Jesus's answer. Please hear Jesus's answer. Go your way, Daniel. For the words are shut up and sealed until the time of the end. You want to know the end of the story? Turn to Revelation. You can know some of the story as it's unsealed. And the whole final plan of God is unfurled and it all points to Jesus. But look what he tells him. He says, go your way, Daniel, for the words are shut up and sealed until the time of the end. Many shall purify themselves and make themselves white and be refined, but the wicked shall act wickedly. And none of the wicked shall understand, but those who are wise shall understand. From the time that the regular burnt offering is taken away and the abomination that makes desolate is set up, there shall be 1,290 days. Blessed is he who waits and arrives at the 1,335 days. But go your way till the end. And you shall rest and shall stand in your allotted place at the end of the days. <laughs> you know what I love about this? So he said a time, times, and, time, and half a time. And Daniel went, what? And so he comes back and goes, all right, how about 1,290 days? How about 1,335? Let me confuse you even more. Let me just make this more specific so you'll have no idea what's going on. But as time goes on, you will understand. As time goes on, you will understand. Many of this, we, much of this we can look backwards. Some of it we've got to look forward. But we always have to keep Jesus at the center of all of this because he's the one speaking. And look at what it says. Those who understand, those who understand who Jesus is and who's speaking here will purify themselves and make themselves white and be refined. But the wicked shall act wickedly. Folks, 50 years ago, Christianity was part of our culture. Christianity. Some semblance of Christianity was part of our culture. Not anymore. Our day is not unlike Daniel's day. 
And he was struggling to understand. And Jesus' answer to him is, stand firm. Go your way. Be wise. Purify yourself. Remember who I am. I've appointed the day for all of this to end. Look at this last phrase, and I want you to take great hope from this because this is what is said to Daniel, and it's, it's, it's just great hope. Not only, is, not only has God appointed the day, but he's appointed a place for his people. Look at, look at this. Go your way until the end, and you shall rest. Right, that's, that's what we're promised in the end. We're promised rest. So we were standing firm and taking action, but when he comes, we're going to rest. That's awesome, right? It's good news. Then he says this. You're going to stand in your allotted place at the end of the days. Not only have I set what the end of the days are, are, but I've set your place with me at the end of those days. You're going to hear of wars and rumors of wars. Fear not. Fear not. Hey, remember this. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Not only does he know the big picture, he knows every intimate detail of every king who has risen, every king who falls. Every hair on your head is numbered. Every one of your days from before there was even one of them while you were in your mother's womb and before then every day was already numbered what are you worried about what are we worried about so stand firm and take action yeah it's going to come back in our face absolutely it's going to come back in our face and I would say that if it's not coming back in our face then we aren't doing enough if we're not suffering for it maybe we're not doing enough what would keep us from standing firm and taking action. Losing something? Is this all going away in the end anyway? So I ask you, will you stand firm for the purpose of being purified that we won't be ashamed of Him at His coming? We won't stand in shame at His coming. You have an allotted place and there's an allotted time because we have a sovereign Savior. Trust Him. Let's all stand together. As we go, we go with the good news of the Gospel, proclaiming this sovereign Savior that we have. So let's read this together as we go. By faith...